1: Some of you already know this. We're adding a 10 a.m. time slot to our online experience. So right now, as we're gathering here live, we also have people, Perth and beyond, um, gathering online and worshipping together. So we have that option, the, the hybrid approach of uh, in-person and or online. So we've got our online experience at 10 and at 5. And this week, here it is. Throw it up, the slide. We just got our own YouTube URL, so we are now easier than ever to both discover and to share. So we are now Elevate Church Online. You just go there, YouTube.com, Elevate Church Online, and hello, we'll be there. So there you go, a milestone. So share that with your friends, and uh, hey, they, if they join today, will be uh, able to join week one of our brand new series simply called No Offense. And it's not a clever title, it's pretty much, it is what you expect it to be. Uh, and in fact, it's, uh, it's a knock-on from a mini-series we taught in the second half of last year, which got so much traction that I was like, okay, I think this is something we can drill a bit deeper into. The series last year was called Don't Take the Bait, and the big idea for that series is, well, we kind of said what we already know, that, it, that, that, we, that, that inbound offence, people saying stuff or doing stuff that 's offensive is unavoidable words actions unavoidable Jesus even said it two thousand years ago to his disciples he said it's impossible that no offenses should come and the word offenses that he used uh, was a, a word picture for like like a, a trap like a bear hunting trap which are now illegal um, the bait that sat in the middle of the trap, th- this word offense, that, 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 that's the word he was using. It's a debate that if you grab it and take offense, then you will find yourself trapped. You'll find yourself stuck. Um, and uh, we, we, we came to the conclusion in that series that whilst avoiding offense is impossible, taking offense is a choice. And we will only live free if we choose not to take offence. About a year ago, Louie and I finished build. Well, we finished paying someone to build an extension to our house, and the way it's it's done, it's a two story extension with the living areas upstairs. So we we're kind of living in the treetops. Uh, we have a bird's eye view into all five of our neighbors' backyards, and look. In case you're wondering, they love it. Um, now it's not an issue. We have this thing called a life. We're not just sitting there going, "Oh, I wonder who's swimming today." Oh, I wonder who, who's mowing the. G-. It's just we just. But you know, we can see stuff. And it's three weeks ago on a Saturday afternoon, about two two thirty. I'm up there just sitting, ch- chilling on my little armchair, and out of nowhere, I heard the real chickens of Kensington like going like bonkers, like just out of nowhere. There's five of them. They just lit up whilst. Out of my peripheral vision, camera two, I saw this hulking tree branch, like this round tree branch, and like, mm, probably as long as the stage, fall from a neighbor, the backyard neighbor's property, hit the fence, and somersault over onto our shed and into our backyard, a place where I had been harvesting compost uh, four hours earlier. And I'm like, well, you don't see that every day. And... uh so the, 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 the husband, the, the, the dude um, who owns the house in the backyard, it got his attention. Um, my uh, spirited Italian wife, uh, when she saw him out the backyard, she went onto our balcony and engaged him in some uh, robust adult conversation, I think is how we would describe that. And uh, anyway, so it was Saturday afternoon. Um, Sunday. After a live experience, I went home and I looked and the branch was still there. And I thought, well, that's a bit rude. No apology, no offer to, you know, pop over and remove it. So I got out there, went in the shed, got my pruning saw, got my big saw, and I'm, and I'm sawing into these kind of pieces like this and I'm lobbing them back over the fence into the <laughs> yard of the people who, they are, this is their branch, you know, this possession is nine-tenths of the law rubbish. Doesn't apply here because I possess it, but it's your branch. And I'm giving it back to you, pre-sliced. And I'm sweating and I'm. And the mom came out, didn't say anything. The dad came out, he's, he's, he didn't say anything. And then the daughter came out, she's in her 20s. She doesn't even live there. And she went into full attack doc mode. And her opening salvo was this: "Can you stop throwing the branches over into her backyard? You're damaging some of her other trees." And I'm like, "What?" She repeated herself. I just kept soaring, kept lobbing, soaring, lobbing, and then she's on. She's the. The rules are the rules are that if the branch is on your side of the property, it's your responsibility. And I'm like, what what rules are you quoting? The rules. I'm like, whose rules? She's like, the rules. And I'm like, all right. I had head I had headset. I just put the headset back on, kept thing, and kept from. And eventually, uh, the parents um, summons the attack dog and called her off. And she went inside. And then the parents then started like reaching for the branches, so I wasn't lobbing anymore and damaging their other trees. They were now cooperating. It was just a breakthrough moment, I felt. (laughs) Finished the process, went back inside, started making some lunch, Sunday lunch. Here's the deal. Their branch fell off their tree, landed on my shed, scratched it too, by the way, which I have to go to Bunnings and buy some touch-up spray, at my expense, didn't apologise, set their attack dog or unleashed their attack dog on me who was trying to make it feel like I had somehow done something wrong and was somehow should feel guilt and remorse and I was being negligent and I was breaking the rules and uh, didn't help, didn't offer to help. Uh, Oh, by the way, their final comment was, do you have one of those green tip passes that we could borrow? I'm like, oh, so you... Now, here's the thing. Every single moving part of this entire experience was incredibly offensive. No apology, offensive. Trying to make me feel like I'm in the wrong, offensive. Uh, Not helping, offensive. Offensive, by the way, it's a third branch that's fallen off the same stupid tree into my backyard in a month. Offensive. But did I take offense? Because they're two different things. The answer is no. And it's not because I'm a hero, it's because it's a tree branch. I'm not going to get my knickers in a twist over a tree branch. I'm not gonna lose any sleep over a tree branch. So offensive, but I didn't take offense. And that's the, the, the that's the key. That is a huge, huge key. Now, I ask myself the question, aren't you embarrassed for them? Uh, trust was eroded, probably not inviting them to our Christmas drinkies, but I didn't choose to take offence. Now, by the way, next week, I'm going to be teaching a message called Dealing With Those People. And yeah, I'm probably going to talk about my neighbours because they fall into the category of those people. But chances are, you know some of those people. Hey, maybe you are some of those people and we have to deal with you. Well, I'm going to teach about that Next week. But today I wanna to just hit it hard, very simply. My message today is called Stop Taking Offense. Just stop. Because we live in a, a time where, where people are just getting offended all the time and taking offence all the time and, 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 and choosing to, to punch back and to, to, to become a keyboard warrior to tell everyone how angry they are and how wrong they are. And, or, or, or then they're just cancelling. Sorry, sorry, I believe in free speech until you say something I don't agree with. Then I want you to shut up. It's like, okay. This, this, that's the culture that we live in. And we're also living in a culture where people are very easily offended. Have you noticed Urban dictionary and don't spend much time reading urban dictionary urban dictionary describes them as snowflakes triggered by things that other people just don't get triggered by in fact i found this meme during the week took me back kids today are soft i died once when i was 5 and my mom, my mom made me walk it off good job mom But here's a question, if you're someone who's easily offended, how's that working for you? Is it bringing you more peace and joy in your life? Is it adding value to your life? Is it adding value to the people around you? I would contend that it's probably not doing any of those things. In fact, I would contend it's probably doing the opposite. It's probably causing you more frustration and more anxiety and less peace more anger in your life and 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 robbing you of peace and joy and in fact this isn't God's best for you. Now this message title may sound a little bit glib, a little bit dismissive. Stop taking offense. Close iPad, sit and cheer. Uh, but, but, but here's the thing, it is actually possible that we can be people who learn how to stop taking offense. In fact not only is it possible, it's actually optimal. It's actually, God gives us some clues that it's actually the better, or in fact, the best way to respond is to not take offence. In the series, Don't Take the Bait, uh, we looked at something that Solomon wrote, one of his wise sayings, and, 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 and he said this, a person's wisdom, wisdom yields patience, and it's to one's glory to overlook an offence. And this word overlook, when he says it, he just means to step over, Like someone drops something offensive in the path of that you're traveling on, Solomon says, "Look, you will shine brighter. It's still you will shine brighter. You will stand out. You will go to a higher altitude if you simply choose to step over it. Don't grab it. Just step over it and keep moving on. It's not worth it. It's going to cause you." to get trapped. And in fact, when one of your well-meaning friends in your past has ever said to you, because you're getting a little bit, you know, you've been triggered by something and it's not something huge, and one of your well-meaning friends says, ah, just get over it. And you've thought, yeah, well, what do you know? But actually, in many cases, that's some of the best advice they could give you. Just get over it. Move on. Come on. It's a tree branch. In my case. Well, the third tree branch. But anyway, Oh, but you don't understand. Now, I want to recommend a book if you want to take a deeper dive into this topic. Uh, its I love the title. I, I could have called The Message this title, but maybe some plagiarism question marks. It's called Unoffendable. Now, by the way, I also want to read this, one of the Amazon reviews, just, just for actual giggles. Uh, this book will change your life. So this isn't the author saying this, this is a review, someone's read it. Or at least it's changed mine. Read it. Then buy five more copies and leave them on random chairs in your church. This is so refreshing. Every church should read this book. Oh by the way, and if you're about to write someone an angry email, read this book. If you spend your days in coffee houses being judgy, read this book. This is the one I like the best. If you're the pastor of a moaning church, buy them all this book. So everyone's getting a free copy today. (laughs) And if you always thought Jesus sounds great, but Christians are awful, hello, read this book. Thank you, Brant Hansen. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, you couldn't pay someone to write a better review than that. Anyway, so that book's available. Christian author, Christian Angle uh, book, <sighs> everyone gets a copy. It's like, it's like Oprah's 12 Days of Christmas or whatever that is. Hey, I, I want, so I want, to, I want to jump off with something that James wrote. So if you get your Bible, Bible app, pop it out, open to James. It's one of the last kind of books in the Bible. Um, in chapter one, I'm going to drop us into a couple of things that he wrote in chapter one. Nope, 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 too soon but thank you, Uh, trigger happy media team, Uh, or just too much caffeine, I don't know. Um, James was Jesus' half-brother, by the way, same mom, different dad. Um, And this book or this letter that he wrote, it's known to be one of the most uh, practical uh, books in the Bible. Very much the emphasis of what James wrote is about how to to align our everyday behaviour With our upstream beliefs. So, how does, you know, how to better live out what we profess to believe? Super, super practical. It's not very long, super, super practical. Um, So, let me drop us into something he wrote. And he talks about the order of our interactions. He gives us like a three step order do this first, then do this, then do this. Super practical. Here's what he wrote. And, and, and he said, post this at all the intersections. In, in other words, everyone needs to, to learn this. Everyone needs to read this. Everyone needs to, to take this on and start to do this, dear friends. Step one, lead with your ears. Step two, follow up with your tongue. And step three, let anger straggle along in the rear. Now, I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, but if you're brave enough, in your own mind, give yourself a score out of 10. How you kind of rate responding to people in, in this order. Is it like, yeah, most of the time I'm probably about an eight? Or is it like, I've never done this? <laughs> yeah, that's a one. And have you noticed that we're living in a culture where actually people have got this upside down? lead with anger, follow up with your tongue or your keyboard, and then maybe let your ears straggle along behind, like maybe I'll listen to something you have to say. Maybe. Well, here's a fun fact. Jesus, when he, during his three and a half years of public ministry, his four biographers recorded him as having been asked... 183 questions. So total incoming questions, incoming to Jesus. Other people asking him 183 questions. By the way, I only, only chose to answer three. He, on the other hand, so he was asked 183 questions. He's recording, recorded as having asked, by the way, this is the son of God who kind of knows everything. He was recording, recorded as having asked 307 questions. In other words, Jesus, the omniscient son of God who knows everything, he almost had a two-to-one ratio of questions asked versus questions asked of him. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and then let anger straggle along in the rear. And then James drops the why, like why this matters. In verse 20, he says, God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. In other words, anger will drive a wedge between your relationship with God. And not only that, we're called to bring other people closer to a right relationship with God. And living and 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 being triggered and hulking out doesn't doesn't achieve that greatest, greatest purpose in our lives, of us being people who lead the people in our sphere towards Jesus rather than push them away. So let me expand the question I asked earlier. If you're easily offended, is it adding value to your marriage? Oh, honey, I feel closer to than ever before because of the argument that we're having. You feel me? Is it bringing you more peace? Is it helping shape your kids into wanting to be more like Jesus? And then I'll add James' angle. Is it causing the people in your sphere, if you're hulking out, if you're easily offended, you're triggered at the slightest thing, and you start hulking out at a moment's notice, is that causing the people in your sphere to want to, get closer to Jesus, because that's our ultimate purpose. So there's a question that I wanna introduce to you that maybe I encourage you to ask before you hulk out. Something's triggering you, a branch fell in your backyard, whatever it is. When it comes to your response, do you wanna make a point or do you wanna make a difference? Do you wanna make a point I'm going to show them. They're wrong. I'm right. Always. And I'm going to make sure they know that. Or or is it worth it? Is there an opportunity here, instead of trying to make a point, take the higher ground and play the long game and make a difference? I'm not talking about people pushing you around. I chucked the logs back over into my backyard neighbours. I didn't just... Put them, they told me I should put them on my verge. And I'm like, and what? Trapes them off one at a time on my Vespa to the, yeah. come on now. So no, you, don't, you don't, let, don't have to let people, in fact, I said to the tap dog, you don't, I said, I, said, I said, you don't get to speak to me that way. And she's like, what? And I said, nobody gets to speak to me that way. That's disrespectful, especially <laughs> at my house. Get inside. Oh, I 100 percent said exactly that. I I I didn't I didn't have that much juice in it. I no, but I I did. And Louie taught me that because she tells her students at her high school when they start speaking to her disrespectfully, she says, you she just calmly says, you don't get to speak to me that way. Oh yeah, but you don't get to speak to me. You don't get to speak. So I learned that. I was like, that's a guy, I like that. So I used that on the attack dog and she went inside. She healed and went inside. <clears throat> but is your goal to win an argument or to build trust and influence? So I mentioned that Jesus was asked 183 questions and he chose to answer three. Here's one of the three that he answered. And in this case, he the question was asked of him by somebody that wanted to actually mine for gold, not just try to, trip him up or demonstrate how good they were. This is someone that actually wanted to know some truth. And Jesus likes to be asked for truth, and he's very willing to offer up a truthful answer. So he was asked by a particular chap, uh, what's the greatest of the commandment? Because they were living in a a culture where there was 600 plus commandments that they were all trying to keep, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we just kind of sift and sort? Can you tell me what's the number one? And Jesus said, yeah, I can do that. He said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important. Oh, and the first on any list. But there's a second, kind of like equally important. Always be right so you show the world you love yourself. Great. I mean, Jesus right here, green lit, that we can kick off anytime we want and make a point and we don't have to even give a thought to making a difference. We can win an argument. We've got the green light. Uh, we don't have to worry about building trust and influence. <laughs> How good that? Aren't you glad you came here this morning? You're like, I didn't know that. You know, well, well, the reason you didn't know that is because that's fake news. Uh, actually, what Jesus said is, oh, this is such a downer. Love others as well as you love yourself. Oh, boring. And that's, the, that's the, the, the clue. That's the motive. That, that, that's actually the, the, the number one thing that's going to cause us to be able to build trust and influence in our sphere. And so I say it this way. When, when somebody acts or says or acts offensively towards you, and you've decided, I don't want to make a point, I do want to make a difference, it's okay to respond, but here's my pro tip. Lead with love. Is what I'm about to say in return, is what I'm about to do in return, is that, is that motivated by love? Is, is that my number one thing? Because love is the higher altitude, love's the higher purpose, love is the most effective way to invest. It doesn't mean you can't have an opinion, doesn't mean you can't share your opinion. But it's the upstream question, is my motivation for my response that I'm considering, is it love? Is it being led by love? Or is it something less than love? So here's here's what I do. Not perfectly, not 100% of the time, but I've learnt most of the time as a demonstration that I'm trying to lead by love, when I've got uh, maybe a contrary perspective, uh, when someone's kind of try to punch me, and I'm like, oh, that's not cool. I don't like that. I don't agree with that. Um, and I'm not just going to sit in here and take it because uh, I want to, I want to build trust here, and a lot of trust is built on understanding. So I want to talk about this. I don't just want to let it go. Do the British thing, sweep it under the carpet, and get lumpy carpet. Uh, what I have endeavoured to do, and I do majority of the time, is I before I give my alternate perspective or my, you know, high-calibre response, um, I ask permission. I just say to the person, do you mind if I kind of just offer up something that may be a little bit different from what you've just said to me? Would, would that be okay? And sometimes they say, no, shut your mouth. But, but then the point is, oh, great. I've, I, I, if I'd said what I was gonna say, it would have fallen on deaf ears, so thanks. You've bought me three minutes of my life back in advance. But often, they'll say, oh, Okay, sure. Now, I'm not necessarily going to convince them of anything. In fact, it's not always my objective. My objective isn't always agreement. It's trying to bring understanding. So at least if we continue to disagree, we at least know why, and we better know where each other's coming from. And by the way, I've got friends who I don't agree with on everything, and we're we're friends. And we sometimes talk about that. It's not like Uncle Jimmy at the Christmas party in the corner, because no one likes him. It's like, hey, let's talk about that thing we disagree with, and 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 it and it, it nurtures healthy relationships. It sho- asking permission shows that you are actually considerate of them as a human, even if you don't agree with their perspective or their opinion or their actions. And again, I'm not suggesting become a punching bag, but don't treat them as a punching bag either because it just doesn't work. So you ask permission. Now, said next week I'm going to talk about how to deal with those people. And then the following week, um, I'm going to actually teach a message on bitterness because it's all well and good, and and I understand the dynamics here. It's all well and good for us to talk about these preventative approaches, and and that really matters. You know, better to have a fence at the top of the hill then an ambulance at the bottom. So we're going to put up some fences to stop us falling down in the first place. But I also am aware that maybe some of you um, maybe have fallen down the hill and you're at the bottom a little bit crumpled, a little bit banged up uh, with some bitterness. And and God can actually help unwind some of that. Uh, now, final thing. Jerry, how about you come up? Final thing is this Message series has a, an accompanying Bible plan, a seven-day Bible plan. So all you need to do to, to, to land that is go to the Bible app or Bible.com, same deal. Um, go to plans and just type in no offence and bam, the seven-day plan will jump up. And just another, just another layer for us to become unoffendable. Good goal, huh?
0: We really hope you got a lot out of this message.